This is a Hoff Studios podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of That's Debatable. Today we're going to be talking about child stars. Um, just There's so much information on this that there's probably going to be another episode on it, but we're going to be talking about the similarities between their experiences, how us as a society take part in that experience for them, and as well as a modern day child star and what that looks like now. So let's get into it because there's a whole bunch of information to get into. So from the title of this video, you guys can obviously tell I'm going to be talking about child stars. And I kind of went down the rabbit hole of this because of the fact that child stars that I grew up watching and I love are full-blown adults now. And they're talking about their experiences of being in the limelight and being so young and what that looks like. And a little bit of like the dark side of what that can be for somebody. And examples like Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus literally grew up in front of us, which is the craziest thing ever. And she actually just dropped a song called I Used to Be Young and super emotional. She did like a little nod to like her Hannah Montana days wearing the Mickey Mouse um, t-shirt underneath like the leotard that she had on. And it made me a little emotional because it made me realize, oh my God, like, yeah, you grew up in front of us. And not only did you grow up, you grew up so differently than the majority of society that it's a little crazy to even fathom and there's other examples of like Jeanette McCurdy's who dropped her book I'm glad my mom died and she talks about this overwhelming weight that she felt being a child star and a child star isn't something that it's like a new foreign concept that oh this just happened this dates back decades all the way back from like Judy Garland Shirley Temple um and how that has grown through the years and although we there's a lot more laws and regulations around it there is still this underlying pattern that I find is scary and also just unfathomable. Like, I, I, I can't relate at all, so I'm not going to sit here and try to relate. Um, the way that I kind of want to frame this episode is, because I do want to be a little delicate, because, again, these are children that I'm essentially talking about, even though they're older now, but this is their childhood. I feel like it's a little... Um, I don't, I'm not trying to overstep in anything. I'm very much using all the words that they have given us, whether it was in interviews, documentaries, autobiographies. These are all their accounts of what it was like to be in the limelight in front of everybody. And again, the way that I want to try to frame this is more so in the beginning, I'm going to talk about the patterns of all the way from Shirley Temple to Miley Cyrus now and how it may be a little different, but it's still almost the same, um, even as like a Jeanette McCurdy, but obviously everybody has their own different experiences and whatnot. And as well as just how society, we play a part in that and we play a part in adding that weight to these children and forgetting the fact that they are children. And yes, they are stars and they are celebrities and we care what they're doing, but they are still at the end of the day, a child and how the scrutiny of society and media plays such a large role in that as well as probably this will be the towards the end of the video which is probably the part I'm most excited to talk about is what a modern day child star looks like now and the entertainment industry is not the same of what it was even 20 years ago let alone in the 1900s with social media now the access to it is so much more attainable that it looks a little different and there's not as many laws and regulations of it because you could be a child star and never touch a set a day in your life and there's things as like family channels or vlogging channels where they solely depend on their children to get their income and it's very similar to the selena gomez demi lovato's jeanette mccurdy's um judy garland's um amanda bynes like all of these kids went through that same thing, except now it looks very different. And it's something that we should all be aware of. And especially now that I'm in this line of entertainment on social media, I see things that I'm like, whoa, that's a little crazy. 
So first off, I do want to preface that a lot of the information that I've gathered here was from um, a lot of autobiographies. A lot of it I'm going to be referencing Shirley Temple's autobiography, Child Star, um, as well as Rena Lay on YouTube. I saw her video a year ago and it instantly like I was she put it so perfectly that I was like, God damn, I wish I, I don't just the attention to detail that she made put in this video. So if you guys want to check that out, we'll put the link in the description um, just to give everybody their credit. Um, but I find the interesting road that can happen being a child star is there's three ways that this can go about it. The first way is I was a child star. I did what I did. I was in the limelight. I lived my best life, but I don't want to do that anymore. I want to have a normal job. I want a normal life, normal family, normal house. I don't want to do the entertainment business. And they step away and they just continue on living in normal everyday society. You'll see them at a Starbucks. You'll see them at your favorite restaurant. They don't care about it anymore. They put that in their past. They made their money as a child and they move on. The second one is you are widely successful and you continue on to have a huge career that's the ryan gosling's christina aguilera's and miley cyrus's of the world where they are household names also ryan gosling and barbie the fact that they tried to say that that man was way too old to do ken that's a whole nother example of typecasting right there like th what do you mean this man has been in the industry for so long that he knows exactly what he's doing he did an amazing job if you haven't watched the barbie movie go watch the barbie movie anyways but um yeah they continue on to have these widely successful careers and you know, they essentially grow up right in front of us. And we see the stages of the rebel teenager or, you know, the adult finding out her sexuality or whatever it may be. And I feel like with I'm going to be talking a lot more about women than I will about men, because I feel like women have a different level of scrutiny that is placed on upon them than men do. Um, you can even use Ryan Gosling and Christina Aguilera as an example, and I'll talk about that further on. But um, we're going to be focusing on the women's experience a little bit more um, just because obviously I'm a woman, so I feel a little bit more connected to them. But yeah, I mean, and I'm sure the men also have their own level of weight that is put upon them. But it's a little different how men do it as opposed to how women have to go about it in the eyes of the media. And the third one, which is a little bit more of a darker path, is they turn to others, other things to fill that void. And they go down the path of drug, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, um, mental illness, and this almost as if this overwhelming weight that was placed on them as a child got too heavy, and now we have to figure out how to cope with it, and my coping mechanisms may not always be the best for me. And no shade, no tea, but then you get into like the Demi Lovato's of the world. And I don't want to make it seem as if, I don't, just because you pick whatever path you go down doesn't mean that you also still don't have your own um, issues. For example, like if you turn to almost like drugs and alcohol and you have all this mental illness and things happen, that does not mean that you also still can't be widely successful because Miley Cyrus also does talk about having an identity crisis, an existential crisis of not knowing who she was at one point in her life. And yes, she has a widely successful career. And we all know Miley has also dabbled in her fair share of little druggy wuggies. But it's not to say that one is one without the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want, I know that a lot of times y'all want to look at the things I don't say as opposed to the things that I'm actually saying. Um, I want to just hone down into the similarities that I feel like all of these people have, whether they have a super successful career or they decide not to do it anymore or their vices take control of their life. And the first example I want to use because child performers are not a new concept. This is something that's been happening since the 1900s, dating all the way back to our girl Shirley Temple. So when I listened to her book, it was a little daunting to see the experience that she had. And Shirley Temple was born in 1928. And this was right before the Great Depression was going to start, which was 1929. And because of the fact that the whole country was about to go through a very difficult time, her parents thought it would be great to push her into the entertainment business because obviously you know that's their child they're like she's a star she's everything turns out they were very right she was a star and she booked her first role when she was three years old and that was her first movie role and she was signed to a production company at that point and the moment Shirley Temple could walk she was put in dance classes 
And because of the fact that, again, the country is going through a very difficult time, we need, her parents saw it as an opportunity to be able to secure themselves. And this is, the concept of her, I can't even get over this, the concept of her being three years old and booking her first movie is the craziest thing ever. And it gets crazier than that. Um, Three years old, her first movie was War Babies. That came out in 1932. And at that time, because people are weirdos, they thought it was so cute and so funny and so quirky to have babies because they're not even children yet. They're not even classified as toddlers. They're literally babies. Um, They thought it was cute to have babies do like a spoof of adult characters. And in War Babies, essentially what it was was young children acting as soldiers and Shirley Temple played a sex worker and she was three years old. And I know what the next question is going to be. Where were the parents? Baby, they were on set. The parents knew exactly what was happening. Her father took um, charge of her financials. So he was her financial advisor. He was kind of like her manager, dealing with all her money and whatnot. Her mom was in charge of like getting her hair ready, doing like all that other stuff, all just like the styling purposes. That's what her mom was in charge of. And her parents were fully aware of everything that was being asked of her because they were also on set. And she played this little sex worker that was so cute, so funny, so quirky. She's three years old. She is three years old. And the lines that she had in there were explicit for a three-year-old. If you have a 25-year-old saying them, okay, fine, whatever. But there were lines like, oh, well, I'm expensive. You're three years old. And that blew my mind for so many different reasons for whoa why did we ever think that was okay and also in that time child labor laws were in place because they were placed in the early 1900s but they weren't in place for the entertainment business the way that we know them now for example coogan law was not placed yet that was in 1939 i believe and if you don't know what coogan law is it essentially means 15% of every child performer's earnings has to be put into an account where they can access that once they become the legal age to be able to deal with their finances. That all came out of Jackie Coogan, who was also a child star, who ended up suing his mother and his former manager because by the time he wanted to retire, um, this man worked his whole entire adolescence doing movies, doing films, whatever it may be. By the time he went to go retire in the mere age of like 20 years old, he had no money. And... The question was, well, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? And it was because his mother and former manager took the money and didn't leave him with anything. So he ended up suing them. I don't believe he won, but the law was then placed of Coogan's Law. And although Coogan Law is now active in today's society, there's still stipulations around it. And Jeanette McCurdy actually talks about that as well. As Although there is a law protecting us, there is ways around it. And other people are examples of that and we'll get to that but back to Shirley Temple um so this was before Coogan's Law so everything that she was making her mother and father were in charge of and everything that she was saying everything that she did was approved by her parents and in the movie they basically have like a little like suit and a diaper being held up by only a safety pin and that's what she's wearing in the movie Shirley Temple in her book and this is a quote from her, says, um, Temple recalls the film series as a cynical exploitation of our childhood, childish innocence. And that's essentially what they were doing. They thought it was cute to have her walking around saying these like really adult phrases. And for whatever reason, they thought it was cute, fun, great. And moving forward, I think Shirley Temple did over 40 films in her whole discography before the age of 22. Um, that alone you can't even imagine the level of stress that this child had to go under and although Shirley Temple does say in her book that you know although it was very traumatizing and it was a lot of exploitation I came out kind of unscathed there was another movie that she did with a whole bunch of other children where I think she believed I believe she was around like five years old or somewhere around there and any time that the, any child would misbehave, they would send them to the black box. And essentially what the black box is, it's a soundproof black room, and they make you sit on an ice cube of, an ice cube, essentially. They just make you sit on an ice cube until, for however long, that way you know that time is money, and 
money is not to be wasted. So once you're on set, you're here to do a job, you do this job, and if not, your punishment will be you sit on an ice cube in a soundproof room until we tell you to come out and you finish the job that we're told, that we are telling you to do. And Shirley Temple recalls and says, you know, although that is very traumatizing, I, it made me understand that time is money. And it really put me in the right mindset to understand that when I'm here, I'm here to do a job. And that job has to get done regardless of if I want to go play, regardless if I'm hungry, regardless if I'm tired. That job has to get done because people are relying on me to do that job. And especially since the Great Depression was now at its peak, um, everybody was going through a difficult time, but the temples were loaded because their daughter is the epitome of a child star now. And the scrutiny that this little girl had to go through, she was maybe, what, nine, ten years old, and they had the media calling her a bitch. They had the media saying, that's a 30-year-old woman as a li like acting as a child. And so much so that that was a big conspiracy theory in Europe that Shirley Temple was actually a 30-year-old woman acting like a 10-year-old child. Um, so much so that the Vatican sent out an investigation to go investigate Shirley Temple to find out if she was an actually an adult pretending to be a child. Obviously, the investigation came out to be, no, that's actually a kid. And even in that mindset, thinking that you have to send an investigation to be like, no, that has to be an adult. That should maybe turn on a light in the room to be like, there's something wrong here. And if we think she's 30 years old, and she's actually not even 15 yet, she's 10 years old, and the media is calling her a bitch, and the media is essentially tearing her apart, maybe we're doing something wrong. Maybe there's something that shouldn't be happening that's happening here. And so much so, she went through the scrutiny of maintaining that youthfulness, because that's what people loved her as. And people would always talk about her baby teeth and be like, well, if she's not a 30-year-old child, then why hasn't she grown out of her baby teeth? And she recalls in the book, because of the fact that they would put caps in her teeth so that they maintain that youthful look. And they did anything and everything to make sure that we can still book her as a young child, even though she is growing up and starting to go through puberty and starting to experience the world. And now she is becoming a teenager, essentially. But they weren't willing to let that go. Continue moving forward. Shirley Temple gets married by the time that she's 17 to a much older man. And in this book, she also accounts when she was around 11 years old, I believe, that she decided to sign over, leave the production company that she was with and sign over to MGM. When she decided to sign over to MGM, she had a meeting with one of the people that worked there. His name is Arthur Freed. And he... It was just for whatever, again, make this, make this make sense. It was a private meeting between Shirley Temple and this executive or director that worked um, at MGM. And her parents were not there. It was just a private meeting between the two of them. And she writes in her book that he then took his pants off and exposed himself to her and said, allegedly, I have something made just for you. And out of the discomfort um, that Shirley Temple had, she started giggling and you can visibly see the discomfort that she was having and the guy got mad and kicked her out of the meeting she then ended up signing to mgm which at that point mgm was a money machine and they were putting these child stars through the most like making them film movie after movie after movie after movie because they wanted to utilize the fact that they were youthful still before they got too old and at that point they were useless in the eyes of mgm and she also talks about how she grows up and as she starts, you know, becoming a teenager, there's other people on set telling her, oh, be careful with this guy. Don't go to this guy because this guy will try to do something. If you walk into this guy's office and he's wearing stockings, run. And that's exactly what ended up happening is somebody tried to sexually abuse her and um, or just do sexual. Somebody tried to do some like sexual misconduct towards her and she just shut it down like it was just. It was not okay, and that she talks about a lot about that in the book. And now, keep in mind, that is a scary experience for anybody, anybody, any age. Now, imagine being a child. Imagine being a preteen. Imagine not even having a full understanding of who you are as a person, but 
the media is throwing things at you. People are throwing allegations at you. People are throwing themselves at you. It's a really big weight to carry. And this when this comes in again with Coogan Law, because this was before Coogan Law. Um, by the time this was placed, which was 1939, which is when the law was established, she kind of already did her career. She had she had years. I think she was in the industry for about eight to 10 years at that point. So when Shirley Temple became was of the age where she could deal with her own finances um, and she wanted to retire, which was at 22 years old. Imagine you are retiring at 22 years old, probably when like some people get like their first job. I mean, no, I guess like 16 is when you get your first job. I mean, I don't know. But some people do end up getting some people get their license at 22 years old. Imagine being like, I'm retiring at 22. I'm done. I'm not going to work for the rest of my life. She should have had well over $3 million in her bank account. She had like 44000 And she talks about how essentially her father took that money and spent it on God knows what. You don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, could, I tried to look for it. I don't know what he spent it on. I think he probably spent it on like houses, like stuff like that. And I don't, one thing that, kind of confuses me I mean I guess it doesn't confuse me some people are just like very have an amazing heart but Shirley Temple talks about it and she's like I forgave him it is what it is like we lost the money we it is what it is what else can we do now I forgave him obviously that's between that whatever happens behind closed doors happens behind closed doors right but as I was looking that up I then hear about stories like Jeanette McCurdy who had the same exact experience and this is in the 2000s now we're a whole different is a millennium 19 to 20 century i think it's century i don't know whatever let's just say era <laughs> we're in a whole different era now and it's still happening and you look at the judy garlands of the world and this case is a little bit um, more somber than the shirley temple because they put judy garland through the ringer and she was also signed to MGM, and she accounts how her mother, Ethel, and MGM controlled what she ate, when she ate, how much she ate, and everything, everything having to do with her. She was 16 years old when she booked The Wizard of Oz. And they talk about, you know, she has to keep her youthfulness. She has to keep, she cannot grow to a certain size. We have to keep her this small because we have to make sure that the audience knows that she is a young girl which she is a young girl she's 16 but she's you know coming into her womanhood she's starting to figure out what it is to be a woman or whatever it may be and but I'm being told I have to act younger than what I actually am which is then how you fall into like kind of an identity crisis and it's actually really sad because by the time Judy Garland died she had a, her net worth was yeah again somewhere near like forty thousand dollars and imagine the amounts of money that she made for MGM is astronomical in comparison to what she ended up having what she died with and she actually had to pay a lot of the money back to the RRS it was her daughter um, Eliza but she ended up having her daughter ended up having to pay that debt off because of misplacement of funds um, that I'm sure that her mother had something to do with and as well as just backtracking of taxes and these are things they don't teach you. These are things that they don't want you to know because this is how you kind of get caught. And it's a little sad because Judy Garland ended up turning to drugs and, you know, doing all this other, went down a little bit of the third path that I was talking about because there was just an overwhelming weight and they had, they were putting like capsules in her nose to make her look youthful. And like, it, it's insane. Like these are children, but you also want to make sure that they can still make you money. But Again, you're a child. You're supposed to grow up. Your body's supposed to change. You're supposed to look older, but that is not allowed. So if you date back all the way back to like the 1900s of child stars doing this, now imagine, and if it's still happening now, that just goes to show that there's a pattern happening that's not changing. And people like Ariel Winter, she played Alex on Modern Family, talks about how in one of the seasons when she first started doing it, when she was 11 years old, 
she got into the job and she had no boobs, no chest, no butt, no hips, no nothing. She was a little girl. Next season comes back, full chest, booty on a thousand. Like it was, she was fully grown. Like she was growing up. She was in the middle of puberty. And because of Modern Family, they were like, we don't want you to look like that because you have to keep playing a child. So they would bind her chest and they would make sure that you were not seeing any chest. They would put her in baggy clothing, sweatpants, so that you wouldn't see her going through puberty, which again, is a normal thing like that's a normal thing for a child to do and she also talks about you know coming from a working class and how in an interview that she did uh she talks about how when i was born i didn't feel a need to find a purpose because a purpose was given to me i was told i was going to be an actor and that's what i was going to do and that was my path and that's where i went down because my family needs money i have to be able to supply that money Jeanette McCurdy also did an interview where she talks about the stress of money and how young she was realizing, oh my God, if I don't book this job, we may not have a house. If I don't do this to the best of my ability, if I don't continue to work, where are we gonna, where are we gonna live? What, how are we gonna be able to eat? And the interviewer asked her like, when did you start realizing the stress of money? And she goes, when I was six years old, when I started acting when my mother and also this goes into greedy parents as well because a lot of the times you even look at like toddlers and tiaras like those parents want it more than the kids do and it's a little uncomfortable i feel like that's where there's this imbalance of i wanted to be an actor i wanted to be a musician i wanted to do this so now i'm going to put this all on you and we're going to put this everything we're just going to push you with it because that that was my dream so now i'm living my dream out through you which is a terrible thing to do to a child um and Jeanette McCurdy's mom was the same thing she wanted to be you know a dancer an actress whatever it may be and she put all of that into Jeanette and Jeanette remembers she accounts that you know I have to pay for bills I have to make sure that my house stays my house I have to make sure that we are okay and a lot of these children these child stars it becomes a responsibility to be the provider for the home and that is not a responsibility a child should ever have if you are 10 years old, you should not be worried about paying the mortgage or paying for the house or paying for the groceries. That is your parents' responsibility. Now, obviously, you have your own responsibilities as a child, but your responsibility should consist of waking up to go to school, brushing your teeth, taking a shower with your dirty ass, eating, eating your lunch, and doing your homework. Those are responsibilities for a child. Not, I need to make sure this house, this roof stays over our head. I need to make sure we have groceries. I need to make sure that the light is paid. I need to make sure we have water. I need to make sure these are adult responsibilities that you grow into, that you start to understand the value, when you start understanding the value of money. Now you have a 10 year old who has no idea how money works, but all I know is my mom is telling me that if I don't book this job, we're gonna be homeless. That can do something to your psyche like no other. And it's a really big thing with these child stars to go through that. And Demi Lovato talks about coming from a working class home and, you know, having a moment with her mom when she was 15 years old and she was on Disney Channel and her mom's like, no, you can't do that. And she goes, I can't do that. Who pays for this house? Who pays for the cars? Who pays for the food? How are you going to tell me what I can and can't do when I provide for this house? If it wasn't for me, we would not be here. And you start to see this weird imbalance of now the child becomes a parent and the parent becomes the person that needs to be taken care of and that's how people fall into substance abuse that's how people fall into drug abuse that's because now I didn't have a childhood and now there's this acceleration of your adolescence that happens that doesn't set you up for the best possible way even Drew Barrymore talks about the fact that there was no reason I should have been allowed to go to these big Hollywood parties or these big Hollywood clubs there's no reason I was a child I was but I wasn't I didn't she didn't even have her quinceanera yet and she's out here in the club and you see pictures of her and there's these really scandalous because I don't know what the hell was in I don't know why the media thought it was so cute to have children pretend to be grown adults like for what? That, that 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 just blows my mind that there would still be like moments of like, oh, look at her. Like, she's so scandalous, but she's a little girl. Like, isn't that so funny? No, that's weird. That's weird. It's not funny. It's not quirky. It's not cute. It's no. And 
especially when you have now the weight of and again when you're a child you're getting all this attention and you're like this is great but also holy I have to pay the bills and I'm going to grow up the way that I want to grow up because I'm going to parent myself because I have a whole bunch of yes men around me because if MGM's going to tell me no if I ask for something yeah of course you can have that no problem why I'm you're you're making millions of dollars for these production companies they don't care if you want to go out at three o'clock in the morning just as long as you're on set when you need to be on set and you do the job that we tell you to do um and that's it's just that's like a weird give and take thing type of thing there. And a lot of the times these kids find that once they get to a consenting age or an age where they can finally deal with their own finances, they don't have anything left. And Macaulay Culkin, same thing, where gets to an age where it's like, wait, where did all my money go? And I can't be in charge of it. I'm nine years old. You're going to give a nine-year-old a $3 million check. They're going to spend that on what? Like for on the most stupid miscellaneous things ever. So you give it to the next person, their parents, who are supposed to be taking care of them. But now you have greedy parents in the world that will take that and do whatever they want with it. And I can't even believe some parents actually do that, but that's just the way of the world. And now it's not to say it's a little different because in a Miley Cyrus case, she talks about the differences between her father's fame and her fame and how they have, there's like a, a difference there. Her father, Billy Ray Cyrus, achy, breaky heart, when we went to Old Town Road, um, he came from nothing to then all of a sudden having everything. And he knew this industry in and out because he was Billy Ray Cyrus. And he set Miley up to the best poss possible way that she could. And she talks about, you know, I was very fortunate. I never had to deal with having to pay for the bills because the bills were paid for with the achy, breaky heart money. Like, there was no... His, her dad was not coming in like, Miley, you got to save the ranch. Because if not, like, the whole down throwdown is gone. It's like, we're not, we, you got to come in here and save it. No, it's fine. We have our money. You can do whatever you want to do. You want to act? I know the best producers. I know the best, you know, studios. I know the best of the best of the best of the best because I was in this industry and I can guide you through it. And that's the difference between, like, obviously that's more like nepotism and whatnot as opposed to you know the Jeanette McCurdy's of the world or the Shirley Temples of the world where their family wasn't really in the entertainment business and they their knowledge of it came as their child was going through it um but that doesn't mean that there still isn't a weight to carry and there there isn't burdens happening because Miley Cyrus is an amazing case study of a child star she was on TV when she was a little toddler. A little small toddler coming out in the interviews when Billy Ray Cyrus is doing an interview and Miley comes out all small as a baby with like a little baby doll. And it's like, holy sh that's Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus booked Hannah Montana when she was a child, like not even a teenager yet. And I think the burden of that can also be the fact that everybody is looking at you and you are supposed to be a role model and you are a role model to children while also being a child that is a difficult give and take there and especially in miley cyrus's case um, she talks about having an identity crisis because of the fact that disney did an amazing job an amazing job making miley cyrus seem the most authentic as possible because what did they do hannah montana had miley stewart Miley Cyrus is her real name, but they took aspects of Miley Cyrus's real life and implemented it throughout Hannah Montana. So much so of having Billy Ray Cyrus play her father, which is her actual father in real life, and having Dolly Parton play her godmother, which is her actual godmother in real life. So you can start to see how that can almost confuse somebody as like, is this my identity? Am I just Hannah Montana? People love me as Hannah. But I'm Miley Cyrus, but also Hannah Montana is Miley Cyrus and Miley Stewart is Miley Cyrus because our lives are kind of similar, but we are not the same. And that alone is a weight to carry. And on top of that, growing up in front of the in front of the world is a scary thing. And Miley talks about that overall experience. And I want to talk about also um, an example, Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera was on the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with Ryan Gosling, um, Christina Aguilera, somebody else too. Justin Timberlake, I think, was on there too. I'm forgetting another person. But 
main two that I want to preface is Christina. Oh, and Britney Spears. How can I forget? Big B. How can I forget? Um, star-studded cast. Whoever the casting producer was for that, I think I said that in the Britney Spears one. Whoever the casting producer was for the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse that year, babe, babes, let me tell you, you deserve the biggest bag because you signed artists. You signed legends. Ryan Gosling, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, all in one Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. What? Babies, by the way. They were children, babies, small small kids. And now all of them are still big on and popping. Ryan Gosling, oh my I, have, I think this is the second time I mentioned Ryan Gosling because holy f- but whatever. Anyways, um, Christina Aguilera talks about having to break through that child mo- um, mold that society gave her. And Macaulay Culkin, same thing. There's a huge issue when it comes to typecasting. And everybody knows Macaulay Culkin for the home alone thing, right? As he's getting older... Obviously, he's starting to lose his baby face. He's starting to become like a preteen. He's starting to grow into it. And now the media is ripping him apart because they're like, we only want you for the cute stuff. That's why we like you. That's why you're important. As a child, that is a hard pill to swallow. And it will throw any regular normal person in a spiral of, holy they only care about me when I was a kid. And when I grow up, did I peak as a child? The main guy from Everything Everywhere All at Once actually talks about it, and I don't want to mispronounce his name. It's Key, the, the guy that, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but he played in Indiana Jones, and he talks about how he almost gave up on his dreams because he felt like he only, he hit his peak in his career when he was a child. And that's something that a lot of child stars go through. Macaulay Culkin talks about how he did a horror movie or just like a more serious, dramatic film, and it got terrible ratings. And the majority of the ratings or the reviews are saying, he can't do anything besides cute. Why are we taking him out of it? Like, let him do what he's good at. He's a cute, baby-faced kid. Let him do that. And at that point, it doesn't give you the opportunity to be multifaceted doesn't give you the opportunity to grow because if I'm only getting bookings and I'm only making money for this one version of myself and it's the version of me when I was a child what does that say for me when I grow up am I irrelevant do I not matter anymore does what I did when I was nine years old is that the peak of my life because I haven't even lived my life so where do I go from here and I think that's why a lot of times you see these child stars go on this spiral of, of, of existential crisis of, oh my God, they don't care about me because I don't look the same cute, quirky way. Amanda Bynes had the same thing when she was like, I was being typecasted as this cute, bubbly, quirky girl, but that's not what I wanted to do anymore. And that's not who was authentically me at that point. And it was becoming a really big burden on myself because it's not what I feel most connected to or not the work that I wanted to do and obviously Miley Cyrus did that with the Hannah Montana thing and you know she went through it and they talk about having to break that mold and what that takes and a lot of the times people fall into that's how people fall into substance abuse Daniel Daniel Radcliffe Harry Potter when he was filming the trilogies he talks about you know I turned to alcohol because of the fact that everybody was watching me and I wanted to forget about it, so I drank. And then I came to the realization that, holy shit, if I get really fucked up, people are going to keep looking at me. Now they're going to look at me even more. So then he kind of got it. He, you know, handled that and brought that down. No longer has um, an issue with that. But that's how you see a lot of these people go into this spiral of, like, where do I belong? Because now I'm being told I don't matter anymore. Shirley Temple went through the same thing of, now I'm being told I don't matter because of the fact that I'm not a kid anymore. But isn't this the normal way of life? Isn't this what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to grow up and find out who we are. And that is supposed to take us into that next level. But you're already telling me that I peaked. And now everything from here is down downhill, which is crazy to think about. But continuing on, um, a big thing that, or on the flip end of it, you break the mold entirely and you 
kill the person that you once were. And that's what people like Christina Aguilera and Miley Cyrus did. Christina Aguilera obviously did the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and she was known as a really talented, beautiful, sweet girl. Oh, but she's not sexy. She can't do, that's a kid, that's a kid. And then Christina Aguilera dropped Dirty. And everybody knows, wanna get dirty? And she's dancing like a little bikini top and like all this stuff. And it shocked the world because they were like, who the hell is this girl from the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse dancing all crazy in a rink right now? And she talks about it. She goes, that was my it moment. That was my moment to make you realize I am a woman and you are to respect me. And this is my era. And this is who I am now. I am no longer that little girl from the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Miley Cyrus had to do the same exact thing, except Miley Cyrus, and this goes into when I was talking about the second part of how we as a society take part in bringing these children down. And something that's so normal is coming, it's a coming of age. It's a, I'm no longer nine years old and I don't wanna wear the sparkly converse and my justice attire. I don't wanna do that anymore. I wanna be taken more serious. And Selena Gomez also talks about how she felt like she was a joke and nobody wanted to take her serious and nobody wanted to, look at her as an actual adult because of the fact that she was so well known for what she did on Disney Channel. And she had a really big inner battle with that. And Miley Cyrus took it upon herself to say, all right, they're never going to let me forget Hannah. That's never gonna happen. They're always gonna remember me for wearing that blonde wig, being that super cute, nice Southern belle, piece of pie, whatever the don't know, country bumpkin, don't know. That's what they love me as. So I have to kill her. Literally, metaphorically, whatever. I literally have to rest in peace, Hannah Montana. And I have to kill any idea that that will ever be me again. Because she was so stuck in that. Of that, like, for real sweet American, like, Nashville. Like, all this stuck in that. And when she turned 18 years old, she dropped Can't Be Tamed. Which is also, like, Miley Cyrus is so self-aware in her, where she's at in, like, just the entertainment industry. She just knows how to do it. Like, you drop Can't Be Tamed at 18 years old and being like, yeah, I cannot be tamed. You cannot tame me. You will never tame me. I am my own person, and you are either going to like it or you're going to leave it. And she then danced on a pole at an award show, and everybody went f***ing crazy. Everybody blew the f*** up and they said she is supposed to be a role model for our young girls and young boys all the while she's the same age as us who's her role model who does she look up to because now i'm being told i have the responsibility of raising all of this whole generation of children and they have to look up to me and i have to do the right thing but i am a child i'm a teenager i am growing up and as just human life you're supposed to make mistakes you're supposed to fall you're supposed to do the wrong thing so that you learn but in a case of a mighty Cyrus or a child star you have millions of people looking at you do the wrong thing and they will remind you every single day that you did the wrong thing and you were wrong for that and never let it happen again but then how do you grow because you have to grow out of failure that's not that's you you can't do the right thing all the time and society put or the media just put such an emphasis on she's hannah montana that's a disney channel girl she has young girls looking at her all the while she is a young girl like she's figuring herself out she just and it's not like she was out here doing like full poom poom out on like it wasn't even that she was just dancing in a cage with some feathers on with some sexy dancers in the back she's 18 years old she's of consenting age at this point she's been in the industry for at this point what like 10 years eight years like she's coming into herself she's figuring out what it is to be an 18 year old girl and things made it and if that was not enough because it was not enough because everybody started violating her and i remember when she dropped um i forget what the magazine cover was but it was the cover where she's holding the sheet and it's in black and white and her back is out and everybody i even myself being young and naive and not understanding the world around me i was like but why is she doing that if she's hannah montana and that's my own fault. That's, again, this is why I say as society as a whole, ourselves, when we look at these kids, we have to remember that they are human beings, just like we are. They are not, although they are put on a pedestal, they are, they bleed the same, they breathe the same, they are 
real people and real people go through real things and i did some scantily clad things too but the only difference is it wasn't on the front of a magazine so i can't get judged for it in the way that miley can and to have the perseverance that she has to be like all right i'm still gonna do it i don't go you don't like it all right let me push it even further then because you clearly haven't gotten the message that i can't be tamed so let me make sure that you know and then fast forward into the bangers era and bangers she cut all her hair now she has like a cute little bob and she said no miley hannah montana is dead understand that get on the wave of it because if not you're like you're just going to be left behind because i'm going to keep moving forward and if you are going to put all these eyes on me i'm going to make sure you see that i am growing and i am not the same person i was two years ago i'm not the same person i was 10 years ago you can't expect me to be because you're not either and bangers came out and that's when miley was on like her psychedelic drug era of just like i don't give a I'm going crazy and I'm smoking cigarettes all the time and I'm living a rock star life and this is this is me fast forward to the bangers era then she completely broke the mold and she was like no and this is who I am and even if you look at the albums of her discography every album is so different because we saw her grow up in front of us and it's a beautiful thing but it's also really sad to see that that's what they have to do especially women you have to be this super sexy, like sell sex to make sure that you know that I am a woman. When it's like, why? For what? I know you're a woman just because of the fact that you're grown as Like you're 30 years old at this point. You don't, or you're 22 years old at this point. You're old enough to drink, you're an adult But no, in the eyes of the media, you have to do it in such a vulgar, like this is who I am and this is my body and hear me roar. Like it's, a little dystopian, but whatever. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother time. But um, sorry, guys. I just went on a whole tangent. I love, I love my girl Malali. I'm sorry. I just have, I have to put it out there because she really is the case study. She is the mold. She is the girl. She is the moment um, to this day. To this day. Um, listen to I Used to Be Young if you haven't heard it. It's amazing. But moving forward, in the sense of a child star, the entertainment business doesn't look what it doesn't look the way that it did. 20 years ago now with the rise of social media you can be a child star and never touch a set a day in your life and the way that you can do that is by family channels starting an account on whatever app that you decide to choose and you people could blow up overnight and family channels especially i think are so like uh they're so weird and exploitative like it's just uncomfortable because if you cannot make money without your child being in the video you are exploiting your child and a lot of these family channels are so invasive because back in the day 20 years ago yes we had child stars like Macaulay Culkin, Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato but they had machines like Disney Channel, Nickelodeon for Jen McCurdy running them to be like this is what we're going to put out to the world. They're going to think that they know everything about you, but they're not going to know everything about you. They're going to know exactly what we want them to know. They're going to get to know you through interviews, through tours, through movies, through your show, through albums. That's how they will know you, but they won't know you. Okay? Family channels, it's not any of that. It's vlogging your everyday life and your first period. When you go to the when you first day of school, your first boyfriend, when you're the first time your a pet passes away, these or when you're moving, or in the case of the Ace family, when your house gets robbed into, we're gonna film that. We're gonna film the reactions of that. And we're gonna film what the babies feel and how they feel. And it's another level of child stars, but now there's not as many laws and regulations because it's a brand new thing. And how do you put law? Because usually they have the child labor laws where you can't work a certain amount of hours um, because that's just what it is. But how are you supposed to put regu regulations on that when you're vlogging or we're vlogging the whole day? We're a 24 hour vlog or vlogmas where they vlog every single day for, the, for every day in December. There's not really any laws on that because it's your parents doing that. And this is where it gets to parents being exploitative and being greedy. And I don't want to... Actually, I will say it. Because I used to like the Ace Family. And if you guys don't know who the Ace Family is, it's a family channel on YouTube. You really don't have to go check them out. They're not... Like, it's, it's so cringy. It's not even fun anymore. 
um, they exploit the shit out of their kids. They've been doing that from the moment they first started making their first video. Like, you see it of just like, yo, you realize that like these are kids growing up and now they're growing up and they have a camera right in front of their face and they know that the, if the camera's, and they're like, oh, well, Elle loves the camera. Well, how do you even know that? She can't even speak. She can't even speak. She's a baby. You're filming your birth? Oh my God. And putting it on YouTube to monetize off of that? Does that not sound crazy? I've never seen Miley Cyrus's birth video. I don't know if y'all have. If you have, send the link. But like, I promise you it doesn't exist. Because I promise you it doesn't. But I'm, there's plenty of birthing videos on YouTube. And uh, I'm not saying don't record your birthing video. That's fine. But when you have a huge following and you're almost like, all right, guys, we're going to live stream the birth. Are you crazy? That is absolutely bonkers, nuts, makes no sense. And even Jordan Cheyenne, something that just happened, actually. Um, she was a fan. She's a family vlogger. And they were supposed to go get a puppy. And the puppy ended up getting really sick before they picked it up. And they're in the car. I'm sure all of you have seen this. They're in the car and she's with her son and her son is sobbing, sobbing. Like, I'm sad. Like, oh, my. Because he's starting like he's a young child. Maybe he's around like six, seven, if that. And at the end of the video, she's like, you know, we're really sad. Da, da, da. She forgot to take this one edited part out. Because, again, when you have Disney Nickelodeon behind you, they're not going to forget to take out the edited parts. They, they will, everything is curated to a T. But on a family channel, it's your mom or your dad editing the thing. And sometimes some things slip. And she goes, okay, guys, so we'll see you guys in the next video. Like, we're just really sad, so we're going to go. And then puts, like, puts the hand on, on the camera. And then releases it. And she completely forgets to take this part out. And she goes, wait, come here. And she goes, look into the camera and cry, cry, cry for the thumbnail, for the thumbnail. And then she, the kid is pleading with her, like, wait, mom, I'm actually crying. She goes, no, I know, I know. But just, like, cry, like, more. Like, don't cover your face. Like, cry in front of the camera. Look sad. Look sad. And he goes, mom, I'm actually sad. I'm actually upset. And she goes, okay, but, like, let's get the thumbnail. Let's get the thumbnail for the thumbnail. Come on. If that's not exploitative, I don't know what is. And she made like this apology video, which and she basically literally just blamed the kid and was like, oh, it's his fault. Like, you know, I, I told him like we just come over here. I was trying to comfort him on the camera, but he gets like, you know, it was just he was being a little fussy. Like, no, he is a child and he's going through his emotions and maybe take the camera out of his face. And there's no laws or regulations against this now, especially with family channels. Like it's really scary to think that some of these kids are going to grow up and they're going to see videos of themselves when they were two years old walking around like full in the diaper like i wouldn't want those videos of myself out there I, i'm growing up or videos of when you know you get your first kiss or they're talking about this or you get punished or you get grounded eight passengers that's another family channel same thing she her daughter forgot her lunch she was like a five-year-old little girl she forgot her lunch and she was like well sucks to suck sorry you're she's not gonna get lunch because it just it is what it is what like some things are not meant to be put on the internet and family channels i don't agree with i don't think they're cute i think if you want to share your family on the internet that's fine but if your videos rely on those kids being in them that's a problem that's a problem because then you're making money off of your children which is essentially the same thing with the shirley temples judy garlands of the world just in a different lens but very much the same and even with kids now being 14 15 years old you could blow up on any one app and all of a sudden you have millions of people following you and now that level of access is the same when i lived in la there was parties i would go to and i think i spoke about this briefly on another podcast episode but there was a party that i went to and i remember seeing there was alcohol all over the place and i'm 24 i can drink i can do what i want to do i'm old as but i'm old enough to drink alcohol leg legally so i'm fine whatever i walk around and I see somebody, and I'm like, isn't she 14, 15 years old? What is she doing here? Why is she here? Why? Because I don't want to say in L.A., but in certain places, if you have a good amount of following behind you, just like with the Drew Barrymore thing, if you have a good amount of, if you're making money for somebody, there's, there's no limit to it. And honestly, I felt super uncomfortable, so I left that party because I was like, I don't think I should ever be at a party with a 15-year-old. Like, that's f***ing crazy. That looks crazy on me for me. Even I feel like if I'm there, I'm just condoning it. Like, that's just awkward and uncomfortable. I'm like, absolutely not. I was like, this is not my scene. I should be, if you're not above the age of 21 years old, you should not be at a party at 3 o'clock in the morning 
for what? Where are your parents? What? Turns out her parents were in the other room. Because I'm saying. And it's just, it's a, it's a scary thing, especially now the modern day child star. I can't imagine being a kid and having tens to, tens to 15 million followers. Like, I, I can't, I can't. That's so scary. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of responsibility that you don't even understand what responsibility is yet. And yet here you have it. And same thing when you go all the way back to the 1900s with the Shirley Temples, you have a lot of power. And now you're a, a role model for these children, Miley Cyrus. You're a role model for these children all the while being a child. Um, it's a really difficult, weird thing to wrap your head around. Um, but we as a society need to do better at scrutinizing these kids just because they grow up, just because they're not kids anymore. And I think something that I've learned of myself, of I've loved pop culture. I've always loved pop culture. I've seen these things live in time, especially the Miley Cyrus's of just like, whoa, Miley Cyrus. I remember everybody calling her crazy and saying, oh, my God, she's off the wagon. She's going nuts. And for a second thinking, oh, my God, she might be crazy. And then bringing that thought back to be like, wait, no, she is literally me. I'm doing the same shit, except I'm not Miley Cyrus. I'm Emily Moreno from a small town in New Jersey. Nobody gives a what I do. But people, we just care way too much. And we have to give these people grace to remember that these are children. And these are children that have a weight that we will never understand. I don't know what it was like. I don't know. I was not a caretaker at 15 years old. I was not a provider at 15 years old. I was not being told. I was not surrounded by adults when I was 15 years old. That's another thing. These kids were surrounded by literally adults the whole throughout their whole adolescence. And that's why I'm saying it's an acceleration of an of your adolescence. Because meanwhile, while I'm in school playing around with these other kids, up and being like making mistakes and doing whatever these kids are on set and their friends are co-stars who are the, also their co-workers but you're also 11 years old and that's a weird place to be at and yeah although if your child loves to do it and they want to do it yeah that's great but make sure you know what they're getting themselves into as well as us as a society we need to do better we need to do better like we need to stop putting these kids as like mortars of just like they're you're a role model no they're a kid first there will always be a kid first regardless if they made this production company this label millions of dollars they're still a child and they are they deserve to have that experience of a childhood in whatever way if that i understand in the entertainment industry it's a little bit different of what that looks like but as the media, as the end of, as the people talking about it, we have to give them that grace to understand that where you, where everything that you did when you were 11 years old was cool and great, was it? Because I'm sure it was not. I'm sure that you probably did some too. I'm sure that you probably stole a little piece of gum from the convenience store. I know you did. Don't play with me because I know you did. The only difference is you didn't have millions, thousands of paparazzi saying outside of the grocery store to talk about you and call you a hoodlum and call you this and that and the third. You didn't. That's what I'm saying. It's there's a balance to this, and we have to understand that our words can also hurt too, and they can play a large pull, large part in these people's lives. And yes, we put them there, and they know. And the big argument is they know what they signed up for, not when you were three years old in your Shirley Temple. I don't even think you ha even have an understanding of what's happening around you. I think you're just being told do this, do this, do this. And if these are my parents, these are supposed to be my people that take care of me. Of course, I'm going to listen to them. So we need to do better as if Miley, if, I don't know who, what a child, I don't know what child stars are out now. Cause I'm not really like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not really listening to like the Disney channels of the world anymore, but for the future upcoming Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez of the world, like let them explore themselves. Let them, you know, go a little crazy, go a little off. Like that's a unrelatable experience that none of us will ever be able to understand or even wrap our head around. The only things that we know are the things that they decided to share with us. So it's just about, I don't know, being kind. I feel like every episode I'm like, guys, you just have to be a little bit nicer to each other. That's it. Even if it's these big celebrities. Like, I wanted to be a child star. I, when I saw Hannah Montana, I was like, holy bitch. I didn't know you could be a pop star by 15. I better start working. I better start working. Little did I know the like, those were working. Miley Cyrus, watch all of her interview of her thing where she talks about how she had... Every single day for four years when she was a child and doing Hannah Montana, she would have a schedule from 7, no, 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 
pardon, 5.30 in the morning all the way to 8 o'clock at night, every single day, every single day. It was interview, meeting, hairstylist, interview, meeting, um, shooting, every single day for four years. And that's a child. So again, let's give a little bit, let's give a little bit more grace. Yes, they raised us, but we kind of raised each other. We were in this boat together. We were watching you do the same thing. She ran so so many other people could walk. So that's it. This was a doozy. I feel like I'm probably going to do like another episode on this one because I didn't get into like a lot of other people that have talked about their experience that I kind of wanted to. I mainly focused in on like Shirley Temple, Julie Garland, Miley Cyrus, all of them because I feel like those are big ones. But we'll probably do another one. Let me know in the comments below if you guys want to hear another one again. Guys, let's be nicer to these people. I know they're celebrities, but they're still humans. You guys realize that they breathe the same. Like, they, I trust and believe. They, they take a dookie. They, they pee. They do it. They've done it. Like, they're still human beings, and we should treat them as, as if, not like gods. Um, but that's it. Let me know if you guys want to hear anything else, or if you guys want to hear another part two of this episode, because there's so much more that I did not get to share. Um, thank you guys for listening. Like always, like, comment, subscribe. Do what you do so well. Um, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.